Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Welcome back, guys. The construction monk here. We are in the middle of a long conversation about mysticism, which is just another way of saying we can know God intimately. But it's a mystery. Like, that is a mystery. And it's like, when you stop to try to think about it, it doesn't really make sense. But when you experience, it does. And last episode was practice, right? And I talked about how practicing leads the way. Discipleship, right? That's how Jesus put it. Like, you got to start to try to do it first before you can even begin to conceptualize it properly before you can even begin to understand it, right? It doesn't begin with understanding. So that's mysticism. That's what we're talking about. And today's episode is rhythm. This is a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Stewart. And today we're going to talk about mysticism in terms of rhythm. Let's do it. The rhythm is gonna get you. The rhythm is gonna get you now. Baby, I can't believe I pulled that off. Little old Gloria Estefan in the Miami sound machine, baby. Woo! 80s. It's coming back, man. 80s is coming back, baby. I'm cool again. <laughs> rhythm. But we talked about practice. Today we're gonna talk about rhythm. Um, so This is where I'm going to start. It may not make sense at first, but Jesus offers eternal life. Jesus is the source of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's pretty cool. Like, Jesus says, I'm the way, the towel, right? Jesus says, I, in my person, I am the way that you need to travel in order to get back to life. And then he says, I am the truth, meaning I, the person, my personhood, my being, I am the essence of what is true, what is real, what is reality. And then he says, I am the life. So he's like, I'm the source of life. This is a mystery. This is mystical. This is, this is an astounding statement. This is the core idea at the center of Christianity. Jesus himself, the person of Jesus, is truth. He is life. In him is life. Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. Unless you eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, you will not gain eternal life. And so, okay, Jesus is the source. Now, this is the claim, right? Okay? Like, you can accept that or not. But Jesus puts himself at the center of the thing we need to get back to, right? Because what? Death has entered the world. We're dying. Jesus is like, hey, there's a way to get out of this state of death. Back to the life you're meant to have, which is undying. And we've talked about that in terms of personhood. This flow of spirit through soul to body, right? But Jesus puts himself smack dab at the center of what we need as a way, as truth, as life to get back to A life without death, without fear, without pain, without trouble and trial, right? Wow. Like, he puts himself as the source. And when he says things like, you know, follow me, take up your cross, follow me. When he says things like, I'm the bread of heaven, 
I am the source of what you need that is pure, perfect sustenance. You know, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, right? And which was, was it's, that's a crazy statement, people. That's crazy. Like Christianity is not a philosophy of self-improvement. It's a philosophy of there is a person, the essence of being itself, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And they are the center of everything created, uncreated, spirit, flesh, physical, metaphysical. And it's your relationship to this person that makes a difference in your life between life or what isn't life, right? That's, that's an astounding statement, right? But that is the statement. That's where we start. If you're considering the offer of Jesus, which is Christianity, that's what you're considering. It's not a philosophy. It's not truths. It's not ideas. It's not morals and ethics and a good way of being good in the world or a way of being a good person. It's not self-improvement. It's your relationship with the essence of all being, that's mystical, right? This is what Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's go there. I'm going to jump around. I came to get down. I came to get down. Matthew chapter 11. Woo! Um, cool. So this is, a, this is a section. Jesus is doing some teaching here. And this section begins with this statement. This is really cool. I like this statement. This isn't the main thing I want to read, but this is Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. It says, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. Bam! I love this, man. Jesus is like, man, you can't get this through the intellect, through understanding. Remember what I talked about? If you're trying to figure this out as a philosophical idea in the brain in your mind it won't make any sense but if you're like a little he says infant here man if you if you're like a little kid who doesn't know a thing and know you don't know a thing and you come with that attitude the beginner's mind like a little child then like then you'll get it so keep that in mind okay man the truth is as god's led me on this journey and it's a journey really remember yoda mm, you must have learned what you have learned <laughs> like it, there is so much where God's like, you thought it was this way, <clears throat> completely the backwards. And I'm like, whoa, like there's so much where I've had to just set aside what I thought I knew about life, the world, even the way I work, the way I feel, the way I think, my physical body. And I, I just had to go, okay, God, teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Like it's taken me 40 years to get to the point where I, I can hear God through the Spirit clearly enough to be able to say, teach me. Where I can feel the Spirit moving, I can hear the Spirit in my mind, feel the Spirit in my soul, even in my body, right? But this is the paradigm. Like, it takes a long time to get to that point, but basically that's what we're doing. Jesus is like, man, you got to become like a little child. Why? Because you got to be willing to say, I'm dumb. I am just incapable. I'm spiritually incontinent. <laughs> that's a weird way to put it. Like, I, I'm poor in spirit. Like, I am just, I know nothing, I can do nothing, I am nothing. And it's not self-debasement. But it's putting yourself in a state of going, I need to learn everything all over again. New life, right, baby? New life, baby. What's new life? Seed has to fall into the ground and die in order to grow, right? Death, burial, resurrection, right? Crazy. I just think, man, it's, you gotta set aside everything. 
That's why you have to give up everything to follow Jesus. What you think you know, how you think you work, how you think the world works, it's all wrong backwards. Even the things that you may get right, you don't, you're not even holding them in the right way. It's backwards. Jesus is life and brings us to life. Wow. That idea is, man, if you believe that, really, if you really believe that, it will change your life. But it is, it's not a small truth. It's not like, yeah, take it or leave it. No, man, that is like, you got to see that. You got to like, that. if that is true, that's worth spending the whole rest of your life figuring out. And that's been true for me. Okay, let's get to verse 28. This is, this is Jesus. This is what he's offering, guys. This is what Jesus offers. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Come to me. Sorry, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. This is Jesus' invitation. Come to me. Are you tired, weary, burdened? overwhelmed, broken down, consumed, pushed around, oppressed. Jesus is like, he doesn't say come to a religion, come to a place of worship, come to a set of rules, come to a good theology, come to a good self-help program. He says, come to me. This is mystical people. Where is Jesus? Where is God? Everywhere. <laughs> like that's, that's the answer. So where can you find God? Everywhere, yes, but really inside you. This is why the gift of Jesus is the Holy Spirit inside you, okay? Let's read that passage in Matthew chapter 11 in the Message Bible because I, this is where the idea of rhythm comes in, okay? Listen, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion, Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Woo, baby, I'm telling you. I don't care what you think about Christianity. That right there is a promise of something every single person wants or should. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Like, man, come recover your life. Like, take a real rest and live out of that. Walk with me. Learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace. Man, if this is true, I'm telling you guys, if this is true, nothing else matters. And nothing else is as important in your life if this is true. If Jesus really is the way to real life, the way we overcome death, then dang, dang, what else should we be in search for and trying to figure out and trying to get to, right? Okay. So I'm telling you, man, sometimes we look at Christianity in the world and even the history of Christianity and we're like, man, whew.
not good a lot like some good but what the heck like you know the the institution of the christian religion has sometimes wandered far from this core offer of jesus but this is christianity christianity is christ at the center and christ at the center has this central offer of life it is the unforced rhythms of grace what is grace you can't do a thing but it's given to you god is like this is givenness god is like i have it for you come get it and we're like okay but what did i talk about last time there's a process man as god has unpacked my dysfunction over the last 40 years especially the last seven it's astounding to me how deeply ingrained i am in the things that cause my dysfunction and how complicit i am but like this offer so grace is like you can't do anything so stop trying so what am i supposed to do there well, I think the first step of the Christian life is learning how to be in tune with God. So, the, like, how can God show us a path of walking back into true life, real life, eternal life, if we don't know how to hear God? Right? Now, there are practices, of course. Those are the rhythms. But they're rhythms. I want you to understand the difference between a rhythm, what you could call a habit, and, like, ethical principles and commands and rules. Okay? A rhythm is basically something you learn to do, but eventually it becomes in, so ingrained in you that you don't even think about it anymore. One of the ways I like to talk about this in terms of physical body is it's muscle memory. I like this term muscle memory. It's really cool because um, I learn a lot. I'm, I'm kind of a muscle mimic. You know, there's a that's a superpower kind of term. Like muscle mimics in the superhero genre are people that can see someone do something the first time and then they know it. That's not obviously I can't do that. But if I watch people do things, I'm pretty good at like mimicking through seeing them do it. Um, I've I've done this like one day I just started the way I I cook every morning my eggs and I put melt the butter and. Now the way that I, I move the butter around, I can pick up the pan. I started doing that one day, and I realized I had just seen enough people do it on, on TV. Man, there's things in construction where I know enough about construction where we watch a lot of home no shows, my wife and I, because she's a designer. I'm a, you know, constructor. <laughs> we do construction, right? We do home remodeling. I'll see stuff. I'll see someone doing a technique like tile laying on a show. And then when I'm doing tile laying next time, I'll be like, oh, I liked how they did that. I saw them do it, and it stuck. It came in. I got it. Like... Uh, I have some book smarts, but man, that's embodied learning. That's a rhythm, right? It's I can do something and then I do it enough and I start to get the feel for it and I don't have to what? I don't have to have a ment- some kind of mental action to do it. This is a body wisdom and this is spirit wisdom. Spirit and body really work by flow and rhythm. Like we need to think about it while we're learning to ingest things sometimes and sometimes not. But once you learn it, it becomes a rhythm. And life is built rhythm upon rhythm upon rhythm upon rhythm. Like, you know, think about like I had my breakdown, right? When I had my breakdown, the main thing I knew at that moment in that season was everything in me about me is working terribly wrong has gone terribly wrong and like it's overwhelming if you thought about changing your entire system your entire personhood your 
the, the habits and patterns of your mind, heart, and body. It would be really overwhelming, right? Because that's, there's so many parts of those systems. There's layers of rhythm, right? We've learned things and we don't even know how to do it anymore. But um, another cool thing, I've started teaching myself to be as dominant in my left hand as my right. And practically speaking, I just need to sometimes be able to do the same with my left as my right because with construction, sometimes if I'm painting or doing mudding, it really wears out my arm. So I was like, I need to learn how to do this left-handed. And so it's been fun for me to start to, like I'm literally doing something with my right hand, which which is reflexive. And then I'll do it with my left hand and it feels so awkward. And then I'll switch back and forth. And I, I've forced myself to, to allow my left hand and arm to become as ingrained in a rhythm of something as my right. But it's so weird, do this, just do this and you'll get the concept really quickly. Do something with your right hand that you don't think about. Brush your teeth, right? Whatever. Sweep. Switch hands. And then all of a sudden you have to think about it. That's the difference between a rhythm and a thought process. For some reason, in the Western world, we've really gotten ingrained in, in trying to do life through thought processes. But I heard Elon Musk say this one time. And he said, you know, like, we're 20% cerebral and 80% um, endocrine, I think is the word he used. But maybe I got that word wrong. But basically, we're 20% thinking through how we do things to do things and 80% muscle memory or you know this kind of ingrained rhythm that we don't think about of like when you drive all these things like if you had to learn everything you did every day every time you did it ah oh, like that would be an impossible life you don't live life that way you don't think like most of the things you do you get dressed and you know I have little kids and so I'm like oh this is how you do it and I like I'm trying to teach them how to butter toast and I watch them, how they take the butter out of the tub, how they put it on the bread. They're just like, they're just so messy. And I look, one day I opened up the butter tub and it looked like someone had st stabbed it with a knife 20 times. I was like, who tried to kill the butter? Because they were, right? They don't know how to, I skim the tops nice and I create this nice little peak in the middle. And then they, how they butter the toast is like, oh my gosh, dude, they just can't do it. I can I don't think about how I do it anymore. It's become ingrained, but I've been doing it for 40 years. That's the difference between rhythms and mental processes. Yet we kind of think mental processes are the center of everything, but they're not. You don't live life through mental processes. It's a part of learning, it's, but it's actually even auxiliary to learning. So when we're talking about a way of life and Jesus as the way of life, rhythms are central and they're rhythms of grace. Okay? habits that form over time. And so if we're like conceptually, if we're passing from death to life, which is what scripture says, if we're trying to get away from the state of death and fear and pain and into this state of life and healing and wholeness that Jesus offers, there is a path. It's a path that is long. It's a lot of things that that, that involves. And it's a destination you can't even conceptualize. Like, you can't get yourself there. There's no self-help methodology to eternal life in Jesus. There is a person that needs to walk with you. But what, what God has done for me, what God wants to do for you, is start to change your rhythms. That's really hard, actually. Because it's, we might say it's subconscious. I would say it's actually spiritual. It's how the spirit translates through the soul to the body. And the soul isn't just the mind. I actually am not quite sure yet what the soul actually is, other than it's a space between 
the spirit and body that translates the spirit to the body. But it's conceptually, I'm still working with what it is. But I don't think it's the mind, what we call the mind. Although I've said mind and soul are similar. But anyway, um, like the way that our soul has been programmed to translate our spirit to our body is messed up. But like the system of your personhood and the rhythms you've adopted and adapted, which make up your life, like they become reflexive. And it's like thousands of, of, of different kinds of rhythms and habits that are formed. To go through the process of reforming them is... Whew, it's overwhelming. Even to think about it, it's overwhelming. It's, it's almost unimaginable. It's excruciating. It's painful. It's like... But mysticism and the idea that it presents is, okay... This is what we need to do. We need to relearn the rhythms. They're so ethereal. Like, we, we just... We, and that's because that's how we're meant to live. Like, part of the problem of death and separation from God is that now how we are oriented in ourself is that we know something's wrong and we're like, we feel something's wrong. We're living knowing that we're in this place, this state of dying and so then it turns us back towards ourselves because we're focused on, gosh, I need to take care of this system this of, of me, this three-part personhood. Like, there's things wrong. It really focuses, focuses us back towards ourselves and trying to solve the problem of self, which isn't wrong necessarily. Like, you do need to solve the problem of self. But if your self is a system with problems, but it's the system by which you live life, right? Do you see the problem there? But the other aspect is, like, we weren't meant to live life focused inward. We were meant to live life in ourself as a self focused on everything else but self. Self is the container of you that you live life through, but it's not the focus of your life. Right? I mean, I think this would make sense even just on a basic level. Like, you're meant to be... You're meant to embody yourself in order to move through the world and enjoy the world and other people and things. Right? What you're enjoying is through the self. It's the world through the self. It's not the self that is the thing, though, that you're focused on. You're experiencing the world around you and people and relationship and nature. But it's through yourself. It's not focused on yourself. But we get focused on ourselves when, when how we experience the world through the self is dysfunctional. And then we're like, back towards me. There's a hyper-focus on self when self is dysfunctional. But when you start to get back to a state of better equilibrium, balance, and rhythm, then it, it starts to diminish the need to focus on the self and your ability to just enjoy yourself and the world through yourself no longer being focused on the self. And so this is part of why Jesus says, you know, you want to follow me? Take up your cross, deny yourself. Like, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. If you, try to, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. This is what he's saying. He's saying... You can't fix the self by focusing on the self. And you can't fix it from that broken system. Like, so, remember we talked about teacher, we talked about practicing, and now we're talking about rhythms. God needs to reorient, like, pretty much every single rhythm ingrained in you about how you do life and how you think the world works. It's backwards. You're focused in instead of out. You know there are things wrong. And those wrong things focus you in on trying to sustain what it seems to be slipping away. 
And so it is a hyper-focus on me. And there's so much fear as we look at ourselves and as we see that we're dysfunctional and we see that things are wrong and we're broken and the world is painful to us at times. Our emotions, our thoughts, fear, anger, angst, physical pain, like it creates hyper-focus. When you are free to no longer focus on yourself, you can focus outward. And that's when, you're, that's when things start to be good. And you can just experience the world in a good way through the self, right? But the self is not a mind in a body. Yourself is a spirit flowing through the soul to your body. And there's a flow that just happens. Like, this is why it's not a work. Because you don't have to be told how to be yourself. There is a natural rhythm that is just... It's like how you were designed to live. The, but understand this. When you have to think about the self and what it's doing and what it's not doing and how to make it do what it should do, then you're not being yourself. There's no rhythm. There's no flow. Because you're not flowing. You're halting the flow. Every time you have to stop and think about what you might say, what you might do, you're actually halting the flow and the rhythm, and how, which is how you were designed to live. And you're trying to then try, trying to focus it in a certain way but that's unnatural. That's why we become self-conscious and why it feels awkward to be self-conscious in a moment when we're thinking about doing anything. I used to have this experience walking into a room, crowded room. I would feel anxiety and I would feel it in my legs and I would, my legs would feel like jelly and I would start to have to focus on walking in just across the floor because I felt so self-conscious in a room. And I, didn't, I thought, you know, this is social anxiety. But then I would have to think about something that I normally don't. Because then I became focused on doing it because it wasn't working right. But when you walk, normally there, it's, there's a rhythm. You're, fall, you're literally falling forward, but you don't think about it. You do it. It's muscle memory. There's a rhythm. The point of life is the rhythm of self flowing naturally, unhindered. That is freeing. Like You don't have to think about what you say and if it's right or wrong. When the self is fully corrected in its flow, there will be no need to consider how it flows. It will just flow. It will flow in the rhythms of your habits and patterns. Will be good, feel good, be right. That is righteousness. That is shalom, things as they ought to be. It's all about your personhood and how you live in it, flow with it, from out of it, in a way where you don't have to think about it or focus on it. It's been really hard for me as God has led me on this journey of cleaning the cup and the dish, right? Like there have been times when God has drawn me to my mind in, in an attempt to get me out of trying to think my way through life. But it's like, it's been so bizarre because God's like drawing attention to the dysfunction of my thought processes and how just stifling they can be. But it's like, God's like, okay, do you see? Do you feel the dysfunction of this? But I need to teach you how to stop focusing on the operation of even your mind and how it works. And so, but it's like, I would get stuck in like, I need to, I need to, right now, I need to focus on not focusing on things. <laughs> it was, it's so bizarre. It's like I'm, I was so used to my mind being so active all the time and being a part of everything and moving and moving. And it's like, how do you stop the mind moving? 
especially when it's through your mind moving that you think you need to solve problems or do something or accomplish something. Like in every way, rest that Jesus promises is like you no longer have to work to be yourself. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to try to make it happen. You're not thinking about who you are, how you are. There's a rhythm. There's a flow. That's the invitation. But we have to start to sort through the different kinds of rhythms, the habits, how they've become ingrained, at what points they became dysfunctional, how they're dysfunctional. It's, a, it's such an intricate process. But it is about rhythm. It's about practices. And it's about evaluating practices, right? And it's steps. It's steps in have happened. Steps out need to happen. Remember the way back, if you listen to the last podcast series, Calling All Misfits. The way out is the way in. Like, this is just practically what God has done. He's addressed different thought patterns, physical habits, spiritual habits, emotive habits in me and said, do you feel that? Like, he's exposed it. Like a panic attack or like physical dysphoria. I mean, there are times I've felt my mind so in chaos that I thought I would fall to the floor. Because God has been like, let's... When I had my breakdown, that's what happened. My mind, my emotions, my body in chaos. And it's like, God has to expose all these things. And so it's like, at first, I experienced my dysfunction in a dramatic way all at once. My mind just felt like a whirlwind. My emotions were so heavy, uncontrollable all over the place. My body was not good. Everything felt really bad. But... That was the beginning. That was eight years ago. But what God's done now is got into the details, dug into the details of this particular rhythm is bad. This particular practice, this particular habit, this particular thought processes or emotive processes. Like, so, but you, have, you feel it first. And that's why I think practice and experience leads the way. So God's been like, okay, we're going to work on anger. Okay. It starts with feeling like I, I get angry. I feel it. It feels oppressive. I feel it in my chest and I blow up, yell at my kids, yell at the dog, get angry. And then I come away and I'm like, what, what was that, God? What happened? What, 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 what went wrong there? And then we talk and God teaches. And like, so it, interesting, you know, as far as pro- progression and journeys, like, you know, one of my practices has been prayer. I think prayer is central, really. I think scripture is so essential, too. But prayer is me talking to God. Scripture helps me understand who God is as I talk to God. Like, I'm being trained in all of these. And these, these are rhythms, right? These are rhythms that help us address our rhythm or our rhythms, our personhood rhythms. Habits. Habits and habits. Like there's the habit of your personhood and how it works, but there are these habits that can help you. And so for me, even at a very young age, I just talked with God. I asked God lots of questions as if God could answer. But sometimes some answers took years, even decades. Now, where I'm at now, there's not like a formula, but I would say most of the time God answers me within a day. Much more quickly sometimes, not always, but like... I'm able to hear God in conversation, but that's been a progression. At first, it was like I didn't hear anything. I was stumbling through. And, you know, so then I might go to Scripture and kind of search through Scripture and see like, okay, I think. And then God did lead me through Scripture. 
So there was, it's always prayer and scripture. I think those are the central practices that help us as we try to dig into the dysfunctional rhythms of the self. But that's the point. Jesus himself is life and new life, and he gives us the spirit to be our teacher, to help address the rhythms. But they are rhythms. If you think Christianity is mental concepts in your mind, then you don't even understand that your mind uh, manifests from your spirit, and it's a way to conceptualize things. But it's, it's the theory, right, as we've talked about. It's the understanding of the thing. This is a very practical felt sense of things. It's a rhythm. They're rhythms. Rhythms are central. What you're doing is practicing rhythms, learning them, ingraining them, and you're replacing rhythms. And that's generally the process with God. Wherever you're at is through any season or moment, it's like, okay, I've, I've come to realize I have this habit or this, this, there's this dysfunction, and then you realize there's this ingrained habit that's at the heart of it. And so God will identify dysfunction that needs to be retrained, right? So in, well, that's death, burial, resurrection. Like This one thing needs to be put to death and resurrected into something new, whatever that is. It can be as simple as the rhythm of how you take care of your body and all the details, right? God's been very practical with me about how I take care of my body as well as my emotions and thought life. These are all rhythms. The element of intellectualism and how we think about them, that, that's auxiliary. It's a part, but it's auxiliary. What you really need to do is relearn how you live life in these three parts. Emotions, thoughts, and body and physical sensations and how they all work. I know a general idea, a general concept, but this is the core of life. It's about rhythms and habits. We don't live life through thinking, okay? All right. So, <laughs> um, I don't know where we're going to go from here yet, but we do need to talk about specific rhythms that can be helpful practices, right? So, that might be next. Um, but like I said taking it as it comes, right? I don't know what God will talk to me about between now and the next recording. We'll see. But that's what I'm doing. This is where I teach, why I teach, what I teach. This is where I teach it from. This is the place I come from, which is I'm living life with God in communion with God. And out of that communion come these kinds of things. So that's what we're doing. That's where we're at. I love you guys. As always, you can catch more content at www.moderncontemplative.com. All right, be well, be at peace. Know that God is with you. And Jesus is life. Amen. <laughs>